Good morning. Welcome to Cornerstone Baptist Church. Let's stand together and we'll sing number 118, The Way of the Cross Leads Home, number 118. needs go home by the way of the cross there's no other way but this i shall ne'er get sight of the gates of light if the way of the cross i miss the way of the cross leads home the way of the cross leads home it is sweet to service and word prayer. And you may be seated. I'm disowning my son-in-law for talking about how beautiful the snow is. And uh, amen. You just witnessed it publicly. He's been officially removed from my family. And uh, welcome this morning. And uh, how many of you are angry about the snow? Uh, the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them except snow. And uh, we're glad you're here and glad we can come together. And uh, looking forward to a great day. And uh, praise the Lord, we had some teenagers uh, went uh, skiing, snowboarding yesterday, and the miracle of all miracles, nobody died. That's a miracle. And Brother Jeff survived, so that's even a bigger miracle. And uh, just a great, uh, great weekend. We had an opportunity to go out and share Christ yesterday. And uh, how many of you were outside yesterday? It was a little bit on the chilly side. And uh, I'll never forget the first door we knocked that somebody came to the door. A lot of people, nobody would come to the door. And the first door that someone came to the door, the guy looked at me, and 
I talked to him a minute and shut the door, and Milton looked at me, and he said, uh, he looked at you like you were crazy. And I said, I wonder why, what his problem is. And uh, praise the Lord for a nice warm place to be in here this morning, and uh, praise God for the events of today. Of course, today's our theme Sunday, and uh, we have a, a meal and then an early service, and just a great uh, time planned today. I'm going to ask Brother Colton to come and lead us in another song. And after he does so, we're going to dismiss uh, our children's Sunday school. Our teen Sunday school is going to stay in here today uh, because uh, the upstairs is uh, the drywall is finished and sanded, and there's drywall dust everywhere. And uh, so we're going to have the teenagers stay down here. I may stick them up there during the meal to clean it up, but for now, they're going to stay down here. So come ahead, Brother Colton. Turn in your hymn books. We'll sing number 150, When He Cometh, number 150. When He Cometh, Before we dismiss, I want to share just reminding me as we sang that song, uh, if you'd pray for a family uh, uh, that I know, uh, some of you have heard me tell the story about uh, one of my soul winning partners when I was a young teenager. Uh, you've heard me tell the story about going in the Hell's Angels uh, gathering place, he and I going to share the gospel. Uh, he's in heaven now, he passed away several years ago, uh, but I just got word yesterday uh, that his little granddaughter about... I think she was about nine years old, nine or ten years old, was uh, on Friday, uh, was playing basketball and uh, had a heart attack and uh, was in hospital and they saved her life several times, but she passed away yesterday. Uh, so please, please pray for that dear family, uh, the Remy family, and I can't imagine, I uh, don't understand why or how, but uh, be praying for that dear family as a little girl uh, passed on yesterday. Uh, we'll go ahead and dismiss our children, our teenagers. We'll stay in here this morning, and children can be dismissed for Sunday school. And if you need a Sunday school lesson, we have a new lesson today. 
Lesson number nine, praying in the will of God. Praying in the will of God. Brother Mott is selling them. They're really cheap. I think they're 50 cents a piece or two for a dollar. It's a great deal. And uh, be sure and get a, get a lesson there. And as you get your, the lessons are being passed out, Brother Joe's helping as well. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. And as we're passing them out, of course, be in prayer for others. Uh, I know we have some folks here that have been sick that are better, but I know we have some other folks that are sick today. I know Brother Krim is sick and maybe some others that aren't able to be here today. Uh, be praying for those folks that are battling the cold and flu that's kind of going around. But let's go ahead and look together in our Bibles in Matthew 26, and we're going to look at verse number 39. Matthew 26, we're going to look at a couple of verses. We'll look at verse 39 and verse 42. It says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but I want you to notice the phrase, but as thou wilt. Now, will you skip down to verse 42 with me? He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, Thy will be done. Let's pray together. Lord, as we examine uh, this thought in Scripture, Lord, as we look at prayer, Lord, may we understand the importance of praying in the will of God. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for being a loving, gracious, kind God. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you again for the opportunity to pray. And Lord, I pray you'd help us as we look together at this thought of prayer and praying in the will of God. Lord, may your will be done here in this place. In your precious name we pray, amen. We'll read a couple more verses to you. I believe you have them printed there in your notes, but if not, you need not turn quickly. John five fourteen. afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come to thee. And the man was departed. And told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Uh, John 14, uh, 13 and 14. What service shall I ask in my name? That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Just a thought, and I believe I printed it there in the notes for you this morning. But successful prayer. Successful prayer is for those who love the Lord and who are surrendered to his will. Successful prayer, and prayer, remember, prayer is asking, and the answer to prayer is receiving. So successful asking and receiving is for those who love the Lord and who are surrendered to his will. Uh, praise God, the unsaved man can pray uh, like the man in the temple, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And by the way, when you prayed that prayer, Christian, when you called out on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he heard you, Amen. Uh, when God, when you called on him, God is willing to hear the prayer of every lost man that cries unto him. The, the thief on the cross who looked over and said, Lord, remember me. God heard him. He didn't have to say any special words. He just cried out to God, and God heard him. Uh, but when it comes to praying uh, in the will of God, and that's our, our lesson today, lesson nine, as we look at praying in the will of God, 
Uh, We're going to see that thought throughout Scripture this morning. Uh, God, praise the Lord, God answers the vilest sinners. Uh, By the way, uh, we are living testimonies of that. When we call unto Him, He saves us, and how great that is. Uh, So as we think about prayer, if we want our prayers answered, and we we do, uh, otherwise why would we pray? Uh, If we're asking for something, we're asking not just to ask, we're asking that we might receive. Uh, But if we're going to pray, uh, we need to seek to pray in the will of God. We need to seek to pray in the will of God, uh, not contrary to His will. If, uh, If we're together in a vehicle... And, Brother Bonnie, if, if you're with me, you and I are traveling together, that'd be a scary thing. And Brother Bonnie says to me, hey, you want to go to A&W and get some coffee? I'm going to punch Brother Bonnie in the nose. I, I'm going to, no, I'm not interested in that. You know why? I've had A&W coffee before. And uh, life is too short to drink A&W coffee. Uh, now, someday, if I'm homeless and living on the streets for about six years, I'm, maybe I'll like A&W coffee, but it's disgusting. It's vile. Uh, I, I have no interest in going there to get coffee. Now, if you want to take me to A&W to buy me a burger, I'm good with that. But if Brother Bonnie and I are together and says, hey, you want to go to A&W to get coffee? I'm like, absolutely not. But then if he looks over and says, hey, you, you want to go to Rogue Wave and get a Cortado? Man, I'm down with that. I don't care if we're in California. We'll do a U-turn. We'll find our way back. We'll get there uh, because that would be something I would want. Now, when it comes to prayer, it's not a matter of us trying to convince God to do something he doesn't want to do. Rather, prayer is a matter of getting to the will of God and praying in, asking God for what God wants. So as I mentioned, uh, our lesson today, Lesson 9, is praying in the will of God. Uh, as we as we look together here, uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, a few things. Uh, God God loves you so much. God wants uh, to answer our prayer. Romans chapter eight. Uh, I have a dear friend in Texas. He messaged me this week and he said, "Hey," uh, he said, "Give me a verse for today." He said, "I'm I'm having a tough day." He said, "I what's give me give me a good word. Give me a verse for today." And I typed this verse out and sent it to him. Romans chapter eight thirty two. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And think about that verse for a moment. God who gave us his son, that's the greatest gift. If he didn't withhold that, why would we think that God wouldn't meet our needs? Why would we think that God would hold back that which we need? And what a promise, what a wonderful verse that is. To pray in the will of God doesn't mean to pray asking for less. It means to pray asking for more inside the boundary of the will of God. Uh, God wants to give you precisely uh, what you want if we learn to want what God wants for us. Now, the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry and life uh, could genuinely say these words that we find in John 11. Uh, and I know, Jesus says he's praying to the Father, and I know that thou hearest me always. But what a powerful, powerful verse. I know that thou hearest me always. And when we pray in the will of God, Jesus always prayed in the will of God. He hears us. The Father heard and answered, listen to the statement, 
The Father heard and answered every prayer Jesus ever prayed. We're going to look at one of those prayers, go back to it in just a moment. Uh, he didn't pray in his home, but prayed, uh, and God answered. Uh, Jesus prayed, not my Father, uh, but my God, my God on the cross, but he heard him uh, as he was in the place of all sinners. As he cried, as, a, as he bore my sin on the cross, you hear when Jesus cried out to God, it wasn't our Father, it was, oh my God, my God. As he cried out just as you and I had to cry out as lost sinners. Why? Because he became sin for us. But God heard his prayer. God answered his prayer. Psalm 22 verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. Let this mind, the Bible says, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How many of you remember when you were in school? How many of you had someone in your class who was a brainiac? They, they always got the perfect answers. They got 100 on their test, and you hated them. Yeah, I, you, know, I, you know who I'm talking about. How many of you are having bad feelings about them right now, as I mentioned? They're bringing some bad memories. You've got to come to the altar this morning. But imagine that person you're thinking about, that person that never missed a question on the test, that always got it right. Imagine if right before every test you took, you could have taken their brain out of their head, and you could have put their brain in your head. And you could have taken the test, after the test was over, take their brain, give it back, get your brain back. Man, you'd have done it. Man, if, if I could use that guy's brain just to take this test, man, give me his brain. I want his brain. God says, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. I can have the mind of Christ. For what purpose? The purpose is to know the will of God, to pray in the will of God. Number one in your notes this morning we see Jesus in Gethsemane. Jesus in Gethsemane, our example. Jesus in Gethsemane, our example. The most striking example of the Savior's surrender to the will of God we read already in the book of Matthew, verse chapter 26. When he was bowed down in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying, as it were, great drops of blood was dripping from his brow. When he cried out, and the Bible says he was exceeding sorrowful even unto death. That, that's powerful sorrow. That's a heavy weight, a heavy burden. So much so that he almost died from the sorrow. And he said in Matthew 26, 38, it speaks of that, him being in great sorrow. Luke tells us his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. And then the Lord Jesus prayed, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Matthew 26, 39. Then again he prayed, as we saw earlier, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Then the Bible says a third time, we're told, he prayed, saying the same words. So three different times Jesus prayed, facing this awful suffering, uh, facing the cross, uh, without hesitation, Jesus said to the Father, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And Jesus here praying. 
Here's a thought that I had never considered before, but I want you to think about it with me this morning. I, as I was studying and looking at Dr. Rice's book on prayer that we're working our way through and teaching through, Dr. John R. Rice said uh, he thinks that this scriptural incident of Jesus' prayer has been misunderstood. He said he was convinced that, uh, you know, many, many are taught that Jesus was begging God, no, don't make me go to the cross, uh, begging God the Father, don't make me die on the Calvary, don't make me give my life. But he said that doesn't seem very smart in light of other scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, the very scripture speaking about the prayer It says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. So in the garden, Jesus prayed to be saved from death, Dr. Rice's thought, that night when he was near death. The Bible says he was in such great sorrow that he almost died. Uh, he, He was... Uh, medical science would learn years later that, that uh, the capillary action of the bleeding uh, from his brow was a, a very serious medical condition. He was near death. The sorrow that he was praying for you and as he was praying for me as he was in the garden, Dr. Rice believes, and I, I see it here in Scripture, that he was praying that he not die that night in the garden. Why? Because he was praying according to scriptures to be in the will of God. What was the will of God? What was the will of God for Christ? The the will of God is that he would become flesh, that he would taste of that bitter cup for me and you, that he would go to Calvary, that he would be lifted up, that he would shed his blood, uh, that he would be the sacrifice on Calvary so that he would hang on a tree to fulfill scripture, that he should die between two thieves. Had he died in the garden that night, that would not have been the will of God. You understand Jesus was praying for the will of God. We, we need to pray not that God would change his will for our will, but our prayer ought to be, God, I, I want to be in your will. I, I want to I f- receive uh, what it is you have for me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he died according to the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures. For him to do that, he had to go to Calvary the next day. For him to do that, he had to suffer all the things that still had to happen. If Satan had succeeded, if Jesus had died that night, Scripture would not have been fulfilled. And yet it was. Dr. Rice uh, puts forth that it was because God answered his prayer. That night, I... I, powerful thought. He, he was nigh to death. Let this cup pass from me. Not, not forever. He wasn't saying, I don't want to drink this cup of death. Hey, it's not time yet. I'll drink it tomorrow. But let it pass from me. Oh, what, a, what a powerful thought. Jesus, our example, prayed. And ultimately, no matter the situation in the garden, his prayer was, Father, whatever your will is, that's what I want. I want your will. Christian, when we learn to want God's will, and we learn to pray in the will of God, when we learn to to realize that God has that perfect will, 
uh, how powerful that is. Jesus said, but I have a, uh, a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished in Luke twelve fifty? He also said, therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Long before the cradle in Bethlehem, the manger stall, long before Gabriel would come and tell Mary that you're going to give birth to a child and he shall be Jesus, the Savior, God with us, Emmanuel. Long before, as a little boy, Jesus would sit with the teachers uh, and the doctors of law at 12 years old and Mary and Joseph would come and find him and say, where are you? And he would say, hey, wish ye not, I must be about my father's business. Long before Jesus would preach on the shore of Galilee and fishermen would hear him and come and he would say to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Long before they would follow Jesus Christ. Long before Jesus ever became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Before Mary was ever formed in the womb. Before Adam was created from the dust of the ground, before God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Jesus, his purpose, his plan was to go to Calvary. Let's not ever try to divorce the fact that Jesus was ready and willing and his purpose was to die. He came to die. He came to fulfill the will of God. He came to be my Savior. Now, as we think of that, as we go into that, as we think of Jesus going to the cross, I don't think Jesus was looking forward to the pain and torture of the cross, but he resigned himself. Uh, a bit of a funny story I told before, but and Brother Amato correlate this story. I remember the night that I thought I was, one of the times I thought I was dying. And I remember looking over at Brother Maude, and I wasn't terrified, I wasn't screaming, I, but I looked over and I said, well... This is it. <laughs> that, was my, that was the only thing I said. I said, this is it. We're, we're just about ready to die. I, I was resigned to the fact, oh, I guess we're going to see Jesus any minute. This is going to happen. Now, Jesus was purposefully on his way to the cross, but he also knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew the pain. He knew the beating. He knew the separation from the Father. And yet he was willing Thy will be done, not as, thy, not as I will, but as thou wilt. By the way, that, that incident of Jesus praying is recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke three times. I believe to get us the understanding that Jesus prayed in the will of God. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Uh, number two in your notes this morning, we'll talk about assurance Number two, assurance in prayer. Assurance in prayer. We know when we pray in the will of God, we can be confident we get our prayers answered. We know that. John 5 verse 14 gives us that sweet assurance, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask. We know that we have the petitions we desired of him. 
How, how sweet to pray knowing God hears us and knowing God wants to give us what we ask for. Remember when you were a little kid and you wanted a cookie? Or maybe, maybe you husbands, you want one right now, but uh, your wife won't let you have one at home. Uh, but yeah, you wanted a cookie. And as a little kid, you went in the kitchen, Mommy, can I have a cookie? No. But you kept going, didn't you? Can I have a cookie? Chummy, he went every day. Uh, his mom beat, beat the devil at him every day. Beat him on the head, that's why his hair won't grow. Uh, she beat him with a frying pan and a walk. And, uh, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? But do you remember the one time when you went and can I have a cookie? And mom said, yeah, you can have a cookie. And you went, is this a trap? <laughs> are, are you my real mother? <laughs> Where, where's my mom at? What, what's happened to her? What are you doing? There's a trick going on here. And like, wow, mom, mom's letting me have a cookie. You know what she did after she gave you the cookie? Um, can I have another cookie? <laughs> if mom's in the mood to give cookies, man, I want another cookie. I'll keep it for later if I don't want it now. God is in the mood, if you will, to give us what we ask when we ask in the will of God. And we can have that assurance. The Bible talks about the assurance. Uh, how many of you have ever been on the phone? You've been talking to somebody, and you've been talking and talking and talking, and all of a sudden you stop talking and you realize, hello? Are you? Oh, there's nobody there. And you realize you were just talking to an inanimate object and nobody was there to hear uh, because it got cut off. And you're like, hey, oh, I thought you were there. Now, as believers, we can pray knowing that when we talk to God in prayer, we can have the assurance as we pray in the will of God that he hears us. Now, we can delight in the Lord. We can delight in his work. We can delight in his will and in his sweet presence through the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Spirit's communion with us. Psalm 37, verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Christian, this is a powerful thought, but so often we miss it. If we would learn to be delighted and happy in the Lord and find our joy in Christ, God would give us the right desires. God would place those right desires of his will inside of us as God would ask uh, for those. On, on Thursday, I think it was, I said to my wife, I said, hey, I said, I'm going to take the day off on Friday. And after we drop Hannah off, I said, would you like to go have Mexican food? And... She said, oh, I hate you. Why would you ask me such horrible things? No, that's not what she said. She was, yes! I, she was very excited. She loves Mexican food. And I didn't have to convince her. It was, she was very well ready to, to, to jump off that cliff with me. Uh, she wanted to do so. I, I, I knew when I asked her, I knew what the answer was going to be. I knew if I said, hey, do you want Mexican food? I knew the answer was yes. I could have, if I needed to make reservations where I went, I didn't, but if I did, I could have already made the reservations because I knew what she wanted. Christian, God wants us to know what he wants, that we can have assurance when we pray, we can know his will, we can delight in his will, 
We can delight in God's will and be surrendered to his loving plan. So we see eye to eye. So we know the purpose. We, the last couple of days, Brother Peter has uh, uh, been finishing the drywall for us upstairs in the hallway, in the stairwell, in the upstairs classrooms and office. And uh, yesterday, he did the last little bit, sanded it, it's ready to go. And just a mess up there that needs to be cleaned up and we can paint. And I was trying to, trying to get some wisdom on what paint I needed, what I needed to do. So I called Luca last night. I said, hey, I said, I, tell me what I need to get. What's the next step here? I wanted to make sure that I knew that I was thinking the right way. I wanted to be eye to eye with someone who knew what they're doing. So we were taking the right step. When we learn to love God's plan, we get eye to eye with God and how God sees and what God's purpose is. And we want what God wants. We desire what God wants. It's like when I worked with my father as a young boy in construction and building. It got to the point after we had worked together long enough before my dad would say, hey, Brian, I need a whatever it was. It got to the point where a year or so in, he'd say, Brian, I need a, and I, before he would get to it, I'd have it in my hand. But it got to a point later, as I got a bit older, dad never had to ask me. Uh, because I knew what was coming next. I had the next thing ready. I was prepared because we were on the same page. Christian, God wants us to be on the same page for, with him. Why? So we can have assurance in our prayer. Uh, we can know when we pray. John chapter 15 and verse 7, I believe I printed there in the notes for you, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done in you. This thought of abiding in Christ means being one with him. And God says when we abide in him and his word abides in us, that we can ask whatever we will and it will be done because we'll ask in the will of God. Uh, no matter how much we say we love him, if we're not connected, if we're not living for him, if we're not, his word is not in us, we're not going to want the same thing he Wants A loving heart's reception of God's Word uh, is key when it comes to knowing the will of God and praying in the will of God. Some people only learn the letter of the Bible. There's a lot of secular colleges that have, uh, as part of their courses, they offer uh, biblical history. There are a lot of biblical historians who have read and read and read and studied the Bible. who They know the Bible. They know the words of the Bible who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many folks who, know the, who read the word, but they don't understand uh, or get the message, the Spirit's message. It's never mentioned in the Bible that, you know, if we just, you know, the, the God's purpose for us is just to read the Bible. I believe we ought to read the Bible. Uh, I believe we... Uh, it's important for us to get the Word of God in our heart. We're not going to do it unless we read it. But just reading the Bible, just, okay, I know the Bible says this, it says this, it says this. God wants it abiding in our heart. He wants us living in us. Psalm 1 says in verse 2 and 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. 
His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What a blessed promise. We couldn't ask for anything better than that. That everything we do is going to prosper. Uh, God will prosper everything we do. Why? Because we are meditating in the law of the Lord. We're in the word of God. We're allowing it to permeate us. We're abiding in that. And we desire what God's desire. We can, God can trust us. You know why you don't give a, a four-year-old everything they want? Because they don't want stuff that's good for them. I've got a little nephew. If he was given, now he probably is given about everything he wants. Uh, he's slightly spoiled, but if he was given everything he wants, it wouldn't be good for him. Because four-year-olds don't know what they need. Uh, if you let him choose what to eat, he would not choose the right thing to eat. If you let him choose what to do, he wouldn't always choose the right thing to do. Uh, it's just, we understand that. Those of you parents, you know, you can't, you don't give a child whatever they ask for. And by the way, if you do, you're, uh, you're not being a good parent. You're failing your child. If you're trying to live your life to give your child whatever they want, you are a failure as a parent. Uh, a parent, uh, a pa- successful parent understands you don't give your child everything they want. You give them everything they need. We, we, we understand that, I hope, as a culture. I think we're starting to fail in that uh, because we're following the devil's plan in every aspect of culture. But a, an honest parent, a, a, pan, a parent that truly loves their child biblically, they understand that they have to rear their child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, Christian, we oftentimes, when we're immature spiritually, we ask for things that they're not good for us. I remember many times as a teenager, uh, some prayers that I prayed, oh God, I want this, I want this, I want this. Looking back, I went, man, I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. (laughs) Well, what an idiot. Why was I asking God for that? But whenever we get to know God's will and God's purpose and his word, we we learn to ask and we can have that assurance in prayer. Number three in your notes this morning, asking in Jesus' name. Asking in Jesus' name. We're taught to pray in Jesus' name many times. We're taught in John 14, whatsoever shall I ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything you ask in his name, the Bible says God gives to you. Then here's the question. Why don't we get everything we ask for? Because don't most of us say in Jesus' name, amen? In John 16, 24, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. It's been said that many of us are forgers, masterful forgers. We try to put God's name on our wants. We try to sign God's name to what we want. We, we try to see that I... My wife and I last night were watching an uh, episode of uh, you know, what is called uh, Murdoch Mystery. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And on the episode we were watching, they, it was about the uh, Mona Lisa, the theft of the Mona Lisa. And I told my wife, she didn't realize, but maybe many of you don't know, at one point the Mona Lisa was just another painting nobody cared about. But then it got stolen. 
and became, it became worldwide news. And the whole world knew about the painting. The only reason you even know about the Mona Lisa is because somebody stole it. If that had never happened, you would not have ever seen the painting unless you were really a student of Da Vinci. You would never know. But it was stolen, and, and what actually happened, they, many people tried to duplicate it, and, and there are many that believe that the actual Mona Lisa hanging today is not the real one. Uh, there are conspiracy theorists that believe that the real one was hidden, and the one that they found isn't the real one. Why? Because there's some very good forgers out there. There's some very good art forgers that they, they use the same kind of paint. They can use the same kind of canvas. They, they use the same kind of tint. They use the same kind of brush, the same kind of strokes. And they sign the other artist's name exactly the same way. But they're still forgers. It's not that artist's work. It looks like it. It may be an exact facsimile, but it's not real. Now, just because we say in Jesus' name, and we try to assign Jesus' name to our prayer, that's not exactly what Scripture is speaking of. When it speaks of praying in Jesus' name, it's asking in the will of God. It's asking for God's will. So when we pray, we're to pray in Jesus' name. That's praying in the will of God, praying for God's purpose, uh, we use that phrase in Jesus' name, commonplace in prayer, and we all do that, but we often don't realize the implication of praying in Jesus' name. Bible Christians, by the way, if you look at prayers in the New Testament, you'll never see anyone, any recorded prayer that says in Jesus' name. It's not sinful to do so. I don't think it's wrong for us to use that as we pray, but when it becomes nothing more than a rote word rather than understanding the purpose, we miss it. Uh, the condition of successful prayer is not a matter of words. It's a matter of the heart. By the way, it's like salvation. You know, when you called on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, there's no magic words. There's no prayer, oh, you got to say this and this. No. Uh, Lord, save me. When Peter cried when he was sinking, that, that, that kind of prayer, God answers. It's the heart, it's not the words. I believe many folks... Many folks, you know, say, oh, I, I, I called the Lord to save me. I believe probably before you ever called out with your lips, you probably were saved already the moment you decided to trust the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart. It, it's a matter not of words, but of our heart. Knowing what the Lord wants. Number four, faith comes when praying in the will of God. Faith comes when praying in the will of God. Believing and having faith in the answer are often stressed in the Bible as a sure way to secure our prayers answers. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark eleven twenty two through 24 And Jesus answering saith to them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and thou shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, see that word desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Matthew 21, 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall 
received. There's a lot of other precious promises in the Bible that show that when we believe, we can have the promise. Now, we can have that faith and belief when we know, without a doubt, we're asking the will of God. Without a doubt. Uh, no one can have faith in God for things that's not in God's will. That's just reality. You, you can't have faith for something that's not in the will of God. Why? Because faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and God is not going to give you faith for something he does not want. Not faith from God. How many of you have bought gas in the last week? You've gone to the gas station. How many of you were angry when you went there? I was too. And, you know, when you, when you went to the gas station, I, I could be wrong. Some of you, maybe you're better Christians than me. But I bet I, I'd be surprised if anybody in this room did that this week. After you got done filling your tank up, I doubt there was anybody who looked at the guy next and said, hey, just pull up. I'll, I'll fill your tank up too. I'll, I'll pay for yours too. Now, maybe you did. If, if, if you did do that, please let me know when you're getting gas next. I'll follow you to the gas station. But you probably didn't do that. You probably like, you know, every little, and, and then you shake every little drop into the tank. You don't want to drop one drop on the ground because it's so expensive. And uh, you want to get done, okay, then you leave. And then they can get their gas. But you're not helping them. You're not, you're not filling their tank up. It's your tank. Uh, you're going to fill the tank up for your car. How many of you have ever tried to get in a vehicle that wasn't yours? parking lot I've gotten in a car that wasn't mine I've gotten in a car that wasn't mine got my key and the car wouldn't start and going what in the world and then realized I looked around oh this isn't my car now that's bad but imagine if you put gas in a car that wasn't yours you'd really be mad like oh man I thought that was my car I gave gas to somebody else I remember years ago, I was selling a vehicle, and uh, Brother Bonnie, you'll appreciate this, I, a guy wanted to trade me a vehicle, and uh, Miss Lois would remember it, but I had a, a GMC Yukon when we came to Canada, and I was trying to sell it, and the guy wanted to trade me cash and a vehicle for it, and that's what I was, I was trying to downgrade a little bit, and, and my gas tank was almost empty, and... I was going to get gas. My wife's like, oh, you need to put gas in the car. I'm like, I'm not putting gas in the car. I'm trading this thing to it. I'm not giving anybody any extra gas money. And uh, I met the guy. The low fuel light was on. It was almost out of gas. <laughs> My wife was mad at me because she's a good Christian. And I'm like, man, I am squeezing all I can out of this deal. And then I get in the vehicle. We did the deal. He gave me some money. We did the paperwork. And I get in the vehicle that I got from him. He had filled the gas tank all the way up. And my wife is like, see, he gave us a full tank of gas. And, of course, me, uh, in my mindset, I'm like, no, I got an even better deal than I planned on here. I got a full tank of gas, and I, I used all the gas I had in our car. This is a great plan. And then we went to get in, and the key broke on the car. So then I had to call the guy who had just gotten in a vehicle with no gas. After he gave me, he had to go with us, and we had to get a new key made, and I felt horrible, but my wife was like, no, you got to fill it up. I said, I'm not filling that car up. It's not, I'm not using it. I'm not going to put gas in a car that I'm not going to use because I'm a bum. That's why. I'm a horrible human being. But we understand that thought process. 
God's not going to fill up your tank of faith for something he doesn't want you to have. God's not going to give us faith from his word for something that's not in his will. When God gave the illustration of the mountain, it wasn't, no, if you, if you really want a mountain to go in the sea, then if you just believe enough, you'll have it. That, that's, that's humanism. Uh, that's, you know, you, you become enough of a God, then you can have what you want. Rather, God is teaching a principle here that if we actually have the faith to believe, the only way I can have faith to believe is if God gives me that faith. Faith cometh from hearing and hearing of the word of God. God is the source of faith. So the only way I can have that faith is if God gives it to us. So we need to submit to God's will. If we're going to pray in God's will, we have to submit to God's will. We need to turn away from rebellion. We need to turn away from wanting our own way. Turn away from that which we know displeases God. Uh, turn away so we can have a happy, prosperous, successful life in prayer. Uh, he wants us to be filled with the Spirit. God wants us to be soul winners. Uh, God wants us to be blessed as a Christian. Uh, we need to pray the prayer of that song. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. May that be the prayer of our life that we would learn to be in the middle, that we can have faith comes from praying in the will of God. By the way, I think we ought to share testimonies. That's why Wednesday nights we, we share testimony, prayer, prayer, praise reports. I'm sorry, when, uh, Sunday nights. One of the reasons we share those praise reports we have for almost 19 years now, and we'll do it this afternoon, is so folks can say, oh, God answered a prayer. God, God heard that prayer and answered that prayer. Now, God is still God whenever we hear of someone praying and they don't get the answer that they wanted, but it reminds us that God still answers prayer. Now, if there's a prayer, if you want this thing, many of us say, well, you know what I need to do? I want this thing. Now, this thing could be many, it could be uh, healing for someone, it could be uh, a job, it could be, uh, you name it, whatever it is, I want this thing. Whatever that quantifiable thing is, you want this. And you pray and pray, oh, I can't get an answer to prayer. So you know what I'm going to do? I, I know Brother Ramon is a great prayer warrior. I'm going to go to Brother Ramon, and I'm going to say, Brother Ramon, would you pray for that for me? You know, I, you know, God will hear you. Now, understand, sometimes the reason we don't get that thing is because it's not in the will of God. We need to make peace with the fact that we need to pray inside the will of God. Not, okay, I got I to have this. I got to focus on this. I got to have that. No, I need to focus on God. What do you want? God, what's your purpose? As Jesus prayed, not my will, but thine be done. So we need to pray in the will of God. God's always willing to hear your prayer. God's willing to hear you. He's willing to answer you. He wants to do so when we pray in the center of his will. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for being the great God that answers prayer, for being the one that loves us and died for us and rose again. Thank you for being the salvation. Thank you for being the God that loves me, even though I don't deserve your love. Lord, would you help us to learn to delight ourselves in you? God, help us to abide in you. 
God, help us to see eye to eye with you. God, help us to learn to pray in your will. God, help us not to focus on the things that we want, but God, help us to focus on your desire and your heart. And Lord, how wonderful it is that we know we can pray and you will hear us and answer. Lord, we struggle. Lord, we struggle because we want our will. And Lord, so often it's an arm wrestling match between our will and our yielding. Lord, thank you for being our perfect example in the Garden of Gethsemane of yielding to the will of God. Lord, help us to yield. Lord, we'll thank you for it. Bless us now. In your name we pray. Amen.